about a subject called Who Are You? Uh, who are you? And I began to ask myself this question as I felt, you know, led in my spirit to begin opening it up around Tuesday. Who are you? And you know me, if, if you know anything about me, I am very not religious at all. So um, I lived a very rough life. And so when I hear a topic, there's usually a song tied in with any topic. So I was thinking, who are you? That's an old song by The Who. And then he goes, who are you? Who, 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 who? You know, and so I, I, you know, the Lord really has to rein me in to get me, uh, you know, to, to, to be professional and, and polished. And I, that's my, that is my, a, a battle. And Bible school has really helped me um, learn how to get, you know, more polished. I don't want to get too polished because, you know, that it can get really boring. And, 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 I, and I try to stick to being myself. And, and I've always kind of had a, um, I just don't take myself too seriously. I, I think that that's a good trait um, because I've been ministered to greatly by people that have really just been pretty laid back. They've just let God be God and they've never tried to, to be the Holy Spirit. And they just, they have just been so loving and just, you know, just, they just have fun. They enjoy life. They enjoy the great outdoors. They enjoy life. And, and, uh, so I heard that, uh, you know, statement. I was like, oh yeah. Okay. I was like, all right, all right Lord, what does that mean for me? Uh, what, what does that entail, you know? And so I began to think uh, immediately my past is addiction, you know, and destruction and just identity crisis and, and just confusion and all of the above. So I began to think, wow, you know, who are you? That's a, that's a big statement. A lot hinges off of in your mind, in your heart, who you think you are. And, uh, and, and just before this started, I was still hearing and listening to what he was saying to me. Um, you know, for me, I was a painter. You know, I was an automobile painter for right at 20 years, you know. And so that that is who I was. You know, they would say, uh, what do you do? Well, I would tell them I'm a painter. So what are you? Well, I'm a painter. No, that is what you do. Oh, yeah, that is what I do. But, but yeah, yeah, uh, um, you know, I'm a male, I'm tall, uh, I'm white, you know, that, that is who I am, but it's not what I, you know, it, so me being a painter is not who I am. It's, so it really is easy to get confused because we correlate what we do to who we are, you know, just because you're a garbage man doesn't make you trash. You know what I mean? I mean, what you do is not who you are. Who you are was formed before you were in your mother's womb. The Bible says that he knew you before you're before you, in the mother's womb. So that means before you did anything, before you worked, before you crawled, before you did anything, the Lord knew you. He knew the person you. He knew how you would be if you'd be silly, if you would be dry humor, if whatever the case is, he knew you, if you were sarcastic, 
If you are a jokester, if you are a prankster, I am all of the above. So he knew all of that. And, and here's, what, here's what I've seen over the years is sometimes that doesn't get celebrated. You know, you being yourself doesn't get celebrated. It's not holy enough. Well, let me tell you something. When you're yourself, God's pleased. Now, I'm not saying that, you know, you act a donkey and act crazy and disrespect people. That's, that's, uh, that's just being ugly. But when you, when you are yourself, God is pleased. Because he created you to be yourself. He didn't create you to be a Michael Jordan. Michael Jordan's great. Honestly, to me, he's one of the greatest basketball players ever walked. To me, I, I used to have every Jordan uh, tennis shoes, but they've gotten way out of my price range. Uh, I don't know if you've ever looked up a pair. Lord, I'd have to sell the wheels off my car to get some. So I can't be Michael Jordan, but I can be John Mauser. So here's here's uh, here's kind of, for me, I was a painter for a long, long, long time. Well, let me back up. Years ago, uh, I was in a church service, and I felt like the Lord told me, hey, I want you to be a pastor, and I was really, really young, you know, and, and I had kind of seen pastors, uh, you know, it wasn't what I wanted. I'll just say it like that, to, to be honoring and, and uh, classy. I'll just say that. It wasn't what I was looking for. I, I didn't want to do that kind of job. So, uh, so, of course, I ran from that. That's who I was. I was called to be a pastor. But here's the thing, too. That is something I was called into, but it wasn't my identity. My identity wasn't a pastor. My identity was, I'm a male. God, I'm one of, I'm one of God's kids, right? Okay. So these, so it's so easy to tie very quickly. What I do is who I am, and you know when somebody loses their job. You talk about an identity crisis. Well, I'll tell you what, I've had a lot of different jobs. I've had a lot of different titles. So I have had to navigate that identity confusion. <clears throat> well, I've been a painter for so long. How can I be a body shop manager? How can I be an inspector? How can I be an auditor? How can I be a salesman? And I've, I've been all of the above. And so it, your identity can't be in the things. It can't. Here's another thing too that I noticed very, very early uh, in my in my life is people gave me a lot of labels. Labels. They put labels on you. They would say, "This is who you are." So let me share a few of my old labels. Um, these were a few of them. You're you're no good. You're, you're an alcoholic. You're a thief. You're a cheater. You're a drug addict. You're a criminal. You're an ex-convict. You're a thug. You're trash. You're an abuser. You're, I mean, you're, the list goes on. I had a lot of labels. And, uh, and <clears throat> yeah, I don't really care much about what people said about me. Um, but, you know, the thing that really kind of, the really thing that kind of resonated with me 
Um, when I was in jail, I was sitting in, uh, I was, I was, had a visiting time, you know, and, and, uh, I, I was, my mom was visiting me and, um, you know, if you've ever been to jail, your mom usually comes and sees you and uh, I, you just don't, I wasn't real big on it. I was like, Hey, don't come up here. You know, just, just call, I'll call you. Don't come up here. I don't, I don't want to, you know, I just, there wasn't nothing I could do. So I'm sitting there. And, uh, you know, you're looking in a glass window and you got a telephone and it's just, it's awkward. I just said, you know, what's up? And, and I was grateful to see my mom, but I just, I didn't like what it was doing to her. What, how I was affected her. And, and, uh, and I, I was really okay with destroying my life and, I, I didn't care much about myself. Um, you know, I made my bed. I lied in it. it. It didn't bother me. But when I seen how it affected somebody else, it it really, it did something inside of me. And, and I, I'll never forget my mom said, John, you are my baby. You're the, you're the, you're the baby. You're my baby. You're the youngest of my children and and being a mom, John, you, you will never understand what it's like to look at your baby and know that what you're facing, I could never, maybe never be able to hug you again or smell, you know, you know, you you're you're my kid, so you, you, your parents know you better than anybody. And when you put that kind of damage in their life, you know, it, it humbles you. And so, I mean, I just, I hated that, 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 that's what was going on. And, uh, and I just didn't realize that all of the labels that I was okay with were affecting people around me. I remember my niece, I see my nephew on here. My niece one night, she was so little, she probably doesn't remember this, but um, I was staying on the couch and I just got out of jail. And, um, you know, I used to go out and I would go out like late, late, you know? And uh, and my uh, my niece was real little and she had a nightmare the night, the night before. Well, she came in there and of course I wasn't there, you know? I didn't get home till like three in the morning. And, uh, and so, the next night, she was like, hey, will you not go out and party? Because uh, I want you here. And, uh, you know, when people, be, when you realize the things that you're doing and how they're affecting people around you, uh, your heart begins to soften. I had a really hard heart. I was pretty cold-hearted. I didn't care much about anybody. I didn't even care about myself. So really, I didn't care about anybody. I didn't even care about me. But when I began to see, man, this is damaging to other people. You know, it's not fun anymore. This is not enjoyable. So uh, I did begin to try and make different choices. Even though I didn't have any power at all to overcome all the bondage I got myself in. Uh, but I, I begin to realize I have an identity problem. And these people see me a way that I don't see myself. 
and 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 I began to 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 sort out who am I, what am I, what have I become, what was my intention in life, and where am I now? Well, I can tell you, I uh, I had a, a a good goal when I was younger, but I have missed that majorly. So by 21, I had destroyed my life. I destroyed my my credit. I destroyed my, I mean, I destroyed everything. I had a criminal record. You know, I was a, a felon, you know. I mean, I was convicted felon at 21, you know. Threw my life in the trash. And I threw my credit in the trash. Every bridge around me, I burn it. And and, uh, and I, I had an identity problem. I, uh, I didn't know who God called me to be. I mean, I knew what he wanted me to do, but, but I just wasn't willing to do it um, because I felt like that I wasn't qualified for that. But um, over the years, I've come to learn it doesn't matter what people say. It, it really matters what God says because uh, he has the power to say something over your life and you become that. People can tell you something and uh you 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 may it may hurt your feelings but you know i mean i would have people tell all kinds of stuff listen let me tell you some of the new names that i've gotten <laughs> so even if you're doing good things you'll get labels listen so uh all right i told you all the bad okay so here's another one. Oh boy he's too happy we're gonna call him happy pants uh he's too radical he's just jesus freak he just He's just going too far with this thing. Uh, he's a whack. This guy's a wacko. He's a weirdo. He hears from God and he says things. I mean, hey, listen. Let me tell you something. The man-pleasing spirit is never happy. No matter what you do, no matter how big a scum you are or how awesome you are, people will label you. But here's what matters is who you are in Christ, none of that stuff that they says matters, honestly. Unless it's constructive criticism and they're speaking into your life uh, trying to help you, that is when I'll, I, I, I'll listen. But um, let me tell you the people I listen to is the people that speak with a loving heart, with just love. The Father's heart is love. The, the ones that would condemn and criticize, I didn't give them a place. I just didn't. I didn't make room for them. And, um, and, and I honestly probably never will. But I learned the most from people that were just so loving. Here's what I heard a lot. Who am I to say something about you? I was just as big a sinner as you are. And uh, that was so refreshing to hear. Uh, not that we want to live a life being just sinners forever. Of course, we, we all fall short every day, but, but we can sin less. And that's what I understood is the more I focused on the Lord, the, the, the less times I had to trip and fall down the mountain, you know. Uh, now, I may trip, but it wasn't like trip, fall, break everything and destroy everything. You know, it's just like, oh, that was stupid. That was a stupid decision. Boy, that was dumb. I can't believe I said that. Wow, I can't believe I said that word. Man, I can't believe I acted like that in front of my kid. You know, I mean, that's stuff that, that humans do. Um, I'm not into perfection, 
I believe that we'll be perfected at the end of our life when we get our glorified bodies. But I believe that we can walk real closely with the Holy Spirit and the Lord. And, 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 and as we get closer to them, we don't do things because we feel, we just feel bad. I feel terrible when I know that I, I've like, I've quenched the Holy Spirit. I can feel it. I'm like, oh man, I'm so sorry. You know, like I don't do it because I want to be a, a, a rule follower. I married a rule follower. My wife is a rule following machine and she's good at it. I'm, I'm a rule breaker. I'm the opposite. But I obey rules because it pleases the Lord. So it's so weird. He's walked me out of so many addictions and so much destruction just by loving me, just by being consistent with me. And so some people ask, what's your plan on recovery? I said, man, just get close to Jesus. And, and that stuff, it just, it eventually goes away. And they're like, no way. I'm like, yeah, way. Totally. It just happens like that. But if it becomes a rule thing, oh, I got to do this because there's no power. There's no passion behind your obedience. And uh, when you're obeying out of love, man, you know, the devil hates that. He can't stand that because you're obeying God because you love him. And you know, gosh, he's like, he's brought you through so much. And so that's just what I, that's the relationship that I know that works. And that has fostered my identity um, in Christ. And it's kept me out of a lot of labels. Of course, I, you're going to get labels no matter what. The Jesus freak one's a real trip. Uh, I, I find it an honor to be persecuted for Jesus. I was I was persecuted for for being ignorant and living for the devil for years, you know? And so, I mean, I, I think it's kind of cool, you know? Anyways. Uh, addiction confuses and it distorts our identity. We begin to think, like I said earlier, who we, uh, what we do is who we are. Our identity is given to us by God. We have to awaken or come to our senses of who he says we are. Then we can stop doing things that contradict our God-given identity. Let me tell you something else that really, really, really helps uh, is believing in people. You know, I think that's probably one of the most powerful forces is just getting up next to somebody and believing in them. Um, man, when somebody looks at you and says, I believe in you, Man, do you know what that can you know what that can do to an individual? Uh, do you know how many people are believing in each other nowadays? Not much. Only only if obligation marries it, right? Or 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 you know, just holds it together. But listen, people would say, I believe in you. I believe that you, you you're gonna do this or do that. And it would like it was like a magnet pulling me forward, pulling me forward. And I was like, man, this is awesome. Well, what I realized is Jesus believes in us. He believes that that we're here for such a time as this. You know, no matter what's going on in the world, 
that we can shine like a spotlight, like a beacon across our city, across our, our, our workplaces. And, uh, and he's always believing in us, man, championing us along, praying for us, interceding for us. So believing in somebody is really powerful. That has helped me walk with people um, through really, really murky waters. You know, when, uh, when, when bad things happen, they always wondered, do they still believe in me? Well, that, that kind of hold, holds people up. It's like, a, it's like a life vest, and you're throwing them a life vest of hope. When you say, hey, I, I believe in you. I, I'm not going to give up on you. You might have gave up on yourself. I'm not going to quit on you. And that's why I tell people every once in a while, they'll, they'll say, man, you just never shut up. You never give up. <clears throat> you know, because if it can happen to me, it can happen to anybody. Listen, God ain't little. He's pretty large and in charge. And I know that once they get a revelation of how good he is and, and who he really is, I mean, it's over. It's done deal. And it took me forever to learn who he was, how he thought about me, what he thought about me, how much he believed in me, what great extent he went so I could see the truth I mean, just blows my mind. I mean, I, I don't, I don't know. It's it's really hard to comprehend. It's pretty overwhelming if you just sit and think about it. I think that's why busyness is such. Just always knocks at our door because if we sat and thought about how good God was and and just how awesome, how many times He's intervened to make sure that we could make it to a certain place and. Just all the things that never could be co a coincidence, um, it would just it would blow our minds because our, our little minds can't handle that. So when we encounter God, we, we really begin to find out who we are. I called myself a painter for years, but but um as I walked with the Lord and I spent time with him, you know, just time here and there. I'm not talking about four hours a day. And I mean, you could do that. That's great. But um, don't do that and neglect your family because uh, I don't think that's good at all. But, um, you know, just, just spend time with him. It's, just, it's a marriage. You're married to Jesus. And that may sound awkward, but after a while, it doesn't matter. He's so good, you don't care. You know, somebody told me, you're in love with a, uh, a, with a man. I was like, yep, his name's Jesus. I love him. And I don't feel awkward saying that. That's not awkward. He freaking saved my life. I mean, I was headed straight to hell, like rolling 100 miles an hour, and he saved my life years ago. And I came, I awakened to what he did years ago. Wow, thanks a lot, man. Glad he did that so I can be connected with God, you know. So I don't find it awkward at all. <clears throat> But as I would encounter God, he would tell me, John, this is what I have called you to do. Here are the things I want you to do. These are the gifts that are inside of you. And, uh, and it would really offend my mind. 
to hear, you know, it took me years. There was one area in my life, let me tell you what, it took me 10 years to believe it. Something that he wanted to do in my life, something that he gave me and said, John, I want you to do this. And I was like, dude, who, who am I? Dude, I am nobody. Dude, you need to give this to somebody else. This is not for me, dude. For real. And this is what he told me. He came to me one night in a dream. He said, John, if you don't do what I told you to, I will give it to somebody else. And uh, and I did. I, 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 I had to just jump on board. I had to jump on board. Because what I thought I was supposed to be doing and what he wanted me to do were two different things. And I'm not talking about just sitting in an office and being a pastor with your name on your desk. Who cares about that? I'm talking about being out in the marketplace, pastoring people, not ever having to say, hey, I'm a pastor. No, man, I just love Jesus. Somebody asked me in Starbucks one day, are you a preacher? I said, nope, I just love Jesus. That's what I told him straight up. I was being honest. I mean, I hadn't been to school to be a pastor. I think after you go to school and you have the title and you have worked for it, you bet. Yeah, I think you should be called a pastor. But honestly, I'm just not big into that. I'm just not. I just have seen that that term get just trampled around and used and it abused. And I, I'm, not, I'm just not big on abuse in the ministry. I'm, I think it's terrible. When I realized what God loved me through to abuse the ministry was a was really, really bothered me to see it. I can tell you that. Um, just because I, uh, I have a fear of the Lord. I just have a, I have a fear of the Lord. Not that I'm scared of him, but that he's entrusted me with a lot. And and I'm gonna I'm gonna make good on the investment that he put in on me. So last week I talked about trials. Here's a few things I'm just gonna throw at you. Successful recovery, no matter what you're recovering or what you're overcoming, you will need lots of commitment, patience, character, and integrity. And if you haven't realized it, you can't go on eBay and buy them and have them at your doorstep in five days. These are birthed through storms and trials. And only Jesus can help us get there. He's the only one that can walk us, walk with us in a trial and, and help us grow from it. As we're going through something, I used to hate problems. Oh my gosh, the dryer went out. Oh my gosh, the door's broken. Oh my gosh, there's a dirty diaper stuck to the wall. You know, and I mean, listen, Destiny Dees told me years ago, you should be the greatest problem solver in the earth. You're a Christian. We're going to be the greatest problem solver. We should be excited when problems come up. Every problem that came up to Jesus, he fixed it. He made it right. I mean, he may not have made it right like they wanted it to, but he made it right according to his standards. So that's what I learned. Okay, um, problems are going to come. Honestly, if I expect them, 
I don't get as frustrated and, and I just navigate through them. Okay, that wasn't so bad. But what I've realized, when I've gotten aggravated, I haven't thought that the Lord is with me, helping me through the problem. That's when I would get mad because I thought I had to do it by myself. I was talking to a guy actually today, and we were talking about uh, things that were messed up. And he said, yeah, all I did was ask the Lord how to fix it. He told me how to fix it. And I said, isn't that cool? I wonder how long that he's been wanting to do that. Because for me, I've asked him a question and he told me the answer right there. And I racked my brain trying to figure out how to fix it. But it's amazing that that uh, our identity is wrapped up in we've got to do it all and we've got to be self-sufficient and all this other stuff when really our identity is in Christ. I mean, he's walking with us. We're, he's not following us. We're following him. We should be, hopefully. You'll know it if you're not. <laughs> so he's right there with us. Just ask him, hey, how do I do this? What happened? Did I miss this? Did I mess that up? Is this what happened? Blah, 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 whatever. So, oh, yeah. To encounter the Lord we prepare ourselves for him. So if if I want to have an encounter, I just tell him, Lord, I, I need, I'm, uh, I'm starting to kind of get funky. Lord, I need you, to, I need you to, to, to straighten me out. And he likes to do that. He enjoys that. He would rather do that. Uh, and, and if you don't allow him to do that, he'll let your wife do that. Uh, or if you're not married, somebody else will do that for you. So, he would rather encounter you. That's what he desires. That's what he wants. So I just invite him, hey, I'm gonna, I'm gonna sit right here and I'm just gonna wait on you. And uh, here's what you can't do. You can't tell him, I'm gonna give you an hour. <laughs> you can't do that. You just gotta wait on him, you know? I mean, I just think about what do I do with my time? You know, the only time I really get is from nine o'clock till midnight. What do I do with that time? I get that time every day. Sometimes I go exercise. Um, Rod and, and, and uh, man, Rod has been putting it on me. He's been making me hurt, but I need that. So, okay, that time's taken up. So from 10 to 12, what am I doing? I could be going to sleep or I could just go, Lord, hey, um, I'd like to encounter you. Lord, I, I need you to straighten some things out in my life. I've got, I've got some attitude problems. And I've got some mouth problems I need you to help me with. And uh, let me tell you what, he'll fix you up. He will get you right. You will also need a team of people to help you. Don't be an island. If you're an island, you'll drown quickly by yourself. Staying in your Bible, learning about who Jesus is, is a great place to start on your identity. You find out who Jesus is, and then you'll begin to learn things about your life. You'll begin to learn things um, that, that you need to be doing, that, that you have in Christ. I did a word study on in Christ. Man, <clears throat> I've been living below my means. You know, I, I didn't realize, like, when you pray the prayer, Lord, I give my life to you. I didn't know what that meant. 
So I looked in the Bible. Hey, what does that mean? What does that even mean? Why did I do that? And so I began to learn all these things I have in Christ. And I was thinking, I didn't even know that. Like, I'm dealing with these problems, and I'm, I'm dealing with them the wrong way. And so I began to deal with them like the Bible said. And you know what? It worked. So I was thinking, wow, this book is pretty smart. I'm going to keep reading it. And so that's what I did. You know, I, I'm telling you, I'm far from having it all together. I don't even think I have anything together. I feel like I have less together now than I ever have. Uh, I think I was fooling myself years ago. I thought I had it together or, or I thought I had some things together. That was that. Yeah. Just learn from me. Yeah. Just. Yeah. Don't even try that. So my, my past identity, of course, I shared that earlier. It was, uh, it was not good. It wasn't going to, that lifestyle, that mindset, uh, troublemaker, uh, robbing gas stations, doing stuff, stupid stuff. It wasn't going to last long. But when I had an encounter with the Lord, when he just began to love on me, it, uh, it shocked me because I didn't get loved on very much. <laughs> I mean, of course, I didn't initiate people to love on me. I'll, I'll just say it like that. Um, I, unless it was a lady. You know, I was single, and I was trying to find a... Here's what I was thinking the other day. I used to go to clubs, and I actually thought that I could meet a girl in a club and get married and have a wonderful life. I really thought that. And uh, so ignorant. Just... It was a God-given desire to want to be with somebody, have a family, but I was going to a club where everybody's getting wasted, you know, and most of the people that are at the club, they got all kinds of issues, <laughs> and so I'm like, oh yeah, I'm going to meet a girl here, we're going to get married, everything's going to be fine. That was stupid, and you know what? That never happened. It didn't work out ever. Listen, so anyways... That's my rabbit trail right there. But what I learned is everybody there had the same identity problem that I had. Same thing. We were all like, yeah, this is who we are. We're partiers. No, that's something that we did. We did that because there was pain in our heart or we were not walking in our calling. We weren't doing what we were supposed to be doing. And so I began to kind of put the pieces together like, this is pretty simple, but I didn't have any understanding until I started reading the Bible. I was like, oh, wow, this is, oh, yeah, this makes sense. If I was doing this, I would have never done that. If I was, you know, walking with the Lord, I would never go and do all these stupid things for attention or to be cool or whatever the case was and get arrested <laughs> Anyways, having encounters with God eventually will give you dominion over the things that used to have dominion over you. Think about that. If you hang out with the Lord and you continue to have encounters with him, just invite him. Lord, encounter me in some way. I'm not saying he's going to walk in your front door. I'm not saying that. But there'll be something that happens to you. I don't know. 
I mean, for me, a lot of times it's movies. I'll be watching a movie and, man, it'll just stir my heart. It'll just, man, it'll get me emotional and, you know, I'll just, I don't know. I don't know what your, I don't know what your thing would be, you know. So, anytime you hang out with him, you're going to know that his presence is there. It's, it'll be evident. It won't be like, uh, is he here? No, you'll know. Oh, yeah, he's here. Yeah. But he'll only come where he's celebrated, where he's invited. When you get to dominion, you... Let's see. When you get to dominion, you have God's promises, and you know them, then you can speak for God. When the gospel comes to you, it begins to take over your agenda, and it reveals God's agenda to you. Then, as you obey it, you can walk away chain-free into Victory Lane. You like that? Victory Lane. Me and me and Deacon watch NASCAR. I, I love NASCAR. I love racing. I love loud engines. Um, I just like I just like that kind of stuff. You know, that's just always been something that that's been in me. I like that loud monster truck. We we love that kind of stuff. Victory Lane. I think we should all live in Victory Lane. Not that we've got to be the winners all the time, but I think we should live in Victory Lane. We've got all the opportunity in the world. All we've got to do is do it His way, and we can live in that Victory Lane. This is what years ago um, the Lord told me this. He said, John, if you give me less than you gave your addiction, you will start going backwards. And and so what I learned is, is I was pretty wild in my addiction. I was very unpredictable. Uh, I was very bold. And I was very, very um, confrontational. <laughs> I'm not saying I was the best fighter, but I didn't turn many of them down. And I'm not saying you got to go out there and fight for Jesus. I don't think that's right at all. Um, but I do think that you should retain that boldness and you should, uh, you know, that same fervor that you gave drinking and, and snorting all them pills and all the stupid stuff that I did, I should give that same passion and, and fervor to the Lord, you know? Uh, maybe it's reading my Bible. Maybe it's um, connecting with people, you know, just being fervent. And, 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 and silent, faithful to people. Because uh, I was faithful every night to drink or, or go to the, you know, whatever. Whatever it took, I did. I would stay out real late at night, you know. And uh, years ago, you know, I, I really got convicted of this word because I was a wussy, you know. I'd go to sleep at 10 o'clock. You know, I just a little wussy. And, and I used to stay out till 5, 6 in the morning, you know, and go to work after leaving the club. And I was thinking... I've become a Christian wussy, you know, like, so anyway, I'm not saying you have to stay out till five in the morning to be a Christian uh, or to be a radical Christian, but I'm just saying just that same passion, that same fervor uh, for the Lord as you gave your past life. That's, that's just, that's my personal word for sure. Um, I'm going to wrap it, wrap it up. All right, here's one I want to share. This is this is a, one of the verses of in Christ 
This is Ephesians 2, 2.10. Okay? You can turn there with me if you want. Listen, there is so much stuff in this Bible. We have, we've really got a lot. Going through Bible school, I like the Bible before Bible school, but learning a, learning what's in there, really awesome. Learning what we have available to us, really awesome. Learning who we are still after 16 years of being a Christian, even better. All right, so this is Ephesians 2.10. It says, for we are his workmanship. There's another, another version that says, we are his masterpiece-ish. Created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand. So he prepared it beforehand. So he knew who we were, the things that he had prepared for us to do, if we walked in his will. He knew it. He knew what we were going to do. So that we should walk in them. All right? So, pretty simple. We are his workmanship. We are his handiwork. You ever look at the stars? That's more of his handiwork. He is working in us. He is working in our lives, working in our minds, in our families. He's working in our finance. He's working. He's moving. He's doing stuff. He's causing us to become what he wants. Created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand so that we should walk in them. All right. Identity is, is, a, big, is a big topic. It's a big topic. I, um, it's so easy nowadays to get into a comparison thing. It is, because when I first started out on Facebook, you could just look at pictures, and I would check pictures out of my cousin. You know, I would just kind of see what he was up to, um, you know, check his kids out, stuff like that. But now, you know, you can see, man, they're living the dream life. Oh, look, that picture, they got stars on their head. And, I mean, they're just like, wow, they're so tan. And, and you begin to think, like, wow, man, what am I doing? You know, and, and, and you, you really begin to go, well, man, they're really living the life, and, and it brings discontentment with you. You, you. you lose your contentment. Then you start losing your peace and your joy, and you're like, well, this is happiness. This is success. And I mean, it, just, it can really mess you up if you stay on it too long. It'll mess your identity up. Uh, or you get into a like thing. Oh, gosh, they didn't like my post. Who cares? Does Jesus like your post? You know, I... So I don't get on there a ton because there is that cloud. It's a foggy cloud that, that rests over it. Now, I think there are great things that happen on Facebook. I do. You're able to do this online broadcast. There's certainly great things that happen on there. But I do think you can, you can get into that deal if, if, if it's too involved in your life, if the voice is too loud in your life. So... I'm going to, uh, oh, here's another thing. As I'm closing this up, hope this battery doesn't run dead. Um, comparison, it, man, I'm telling you, it can get on you. Let me, let me ask you this as I'm, as I'm going to close. 
I wonder who is watching that God is grooming you to be a, a 20, 20th, 21st century John the Baptist, maybe a Moses, maybe an Elijah, maybe a Ruth, maybe a Hannah, maybe a Jabez. I wonder who God's calling you to be. And you'll never know until you ask yourself that question. God, who are you asking me to be in the earth today? Yes, you're asking me to be John Mauser, but, but what, what else are you needing me to do? There are certain things that I'm here to do. And, and I can't do it unless I ask him how to do it and what he wants me to do. I hope today that this message would provoke you to go find out exactly what your identity is. Maybe, you're, maybe you've been a believer for a long time. Maybe you have been in the Word for years and years and years, but maybe you've forgotten your mission. And uh, I think now more than ever, we should live missional. We should be right where we're at every single day. People are looking for hope. It's the easiest time to minister in, in the earth. There has never been a better time right now to minister. I mean, there have been other decades where it has been super intense to live. But listen, people are looking for a smile, a hope, whatever it is. So no matter what your title is or whatever, just ask the Lord, what can I do today? How can I be effective today? Lord, what are you calling me to do? Are you asking me to do something in the earth that's going to change the trajectory of a community? You know, maybe maybe you smile, maybe you walk up and say, "Hey, I, I hope you have a great day." Did you know that when I say yes, sir, and no, ma'am, here in 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 the up in Minnesota, they look at me like I'm crazy. But you know what? I'm honoring them. I'm pouring love to them. Hey, thank you, sir. Thank you for your time. Thank you so very much. And you know what? That ministers to people. You know, <clears throat> what I enjoy doing the most, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to bring this to a close. Talking about identity, what I enjoy doing the most is just having moments with Jesus, whether it's with my kids, my wife, at work, um, just when I start thinking about him. If I start thinking about the Lord, I look at my kid and think, man, God made that child. That child's got a destiny. God entrusted me to be his daddy, and, and I want to do a good job. Man, I look at my wife. Man, God entrusted one of his daughters to me. You know how thankful that makes me? And, and, and so all it takes is a few seconds to think Wow, man, God has brought me so far. Man, do you know that I was I was supposed to be in jail till 2044? Did you know that? And so when I think about that, I'm like, I've got to do what God called me to do. I don't have time to waste. I should have been in jail. He didn't he got me out to do what I was called to do. And so that's why I stay so hard on it. They're like, gosh, you're radical. No, dude. I can't waste time. I've wasted too much time. And so it's amazing what five minutes in God's presence can do to you. 
And uh, you'd be amazed. What I'm just addicted to that part. So I'm gonna close it. Uh, I'm gonna close it down because uh, the battery is gonna die on this iPad, and I sure don't want it to just cut you off. So if you've got a prayer request, if maybe something's going on in your life, maybe you do have some identity problems, and uh, and you want prayer, you you would love. Hey man, just pray for me. Hey, with uh, you know, or or whatever. Maybe you're having trouble with what's going on in the world. It's really got you down. It's really just. It's really stressing you out, man. Just hey, community. It's all about community. Let me tell. You, there's a never a better time to be in community than right now, because it's tough. You, you've got to know that people are with you. Um. So just uh, just send us send us a message. We'll pray for you. Send us a you know whatever. And I will pray for you. I'm going to do the Overcomer's Creed, and then I'm going to pray. Because my friend Tim, he uh, he reminded me. <clears throat> All right. So, I am an overcomer. Through Christ, my life has been restored. By his word, my mind is being renewed. In his presence, I find strength and direction. My dignity has been restored. My destiny is being discovered. I am a new creation. From this moment on, I will move forward with my new life. I am an overcomer. Father, I thank you for every single solitary person that watches this broadcast. Lord, I pray that the wind of your spirit would blow on them, Lord. It would blow, blow fresh faith, fresh hope, fresh strength in their life. God, I pray that you would open the windows of heaven over their finances um, God, their job. God, I pray they would get promoted um, wherever they're at, God, for being faithful. Lord, in a time that's intense around us, God, I pray that you would begin to elevate your servants, God, the faithful ones. And Lord, I pray, Lord, for people that may have identity problems going on as which we all may struggle with at some point. Um, God, help them to know your son Jesus well and help them to learn who you've called them to be in the earth. In Jesus' name, we love you guys. Have a wonderful weekend.